Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. Starting today, full indoor dining for those comfortable doing it in one state. Connecticut rolls back indoor capacity restrictions. While we're opening, keep your caution. I'm Sean Adams in Greenwich. It's half capacity in New Jersey and New York City. Governor Cuomo is allowing fans for opening day as his fan base dwindles in the polls. Governor Cuomo has taken all of four questions from reporters this week, but the constant drip of stories continues. Where things stand from our Steve Burns. The president and vice president are heading to Georgia today in the aftermath of the spa shootings. We'll hear why New York City's anti-Asian crime is underreported. We'll hear about the brand of dog and cat flea collars that may be responsible for hundreds of pet deaths. And as winter leaves us today... March Madness is here. While the Knicks win, but the Mets lose Carlos Carrasco. This is Brad Heller. And we'll check into our news radio archives for this date's milestones on Friday, March 19th. The WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. A deeper dive into the stories you need to start your day with fewer commercials. Good morning, I'm Wayne Cabot. Thanks for listening, and here we are on the last day of winter. Good riddance, clearing, windy, cold today, 35 to 40. Winter weather will hang on even as spring arrives, but a general warming pattern is on the way over the next several days. The last day of winter means the last day of COVID restrictions in Connecticut for a wide range of places, including restaurants. In New Jersey and New York City, restaurants can be at half capacity starting today. Sean Adams is live in Greenwich. Sean, can people go elbow to elbow now at the counter, or can they still keep some distance at full capacity? Well, you got to keep the distance. It won't be the roaring 20s. You won't have those uh, shoulder-to-shoulder celebrations. But Connecticut restaurants will be allowed to set up their tables to meet their full capacity. So no more restrictions. Governor Ned Lamont is the places that no longer have to count heads. Same as we're doing with libraries, museums, aquariums, gyms, fitness centers. Continue to wear the mask in those gyms and fitness centers. A lot of breathing. Um, retail offices, personal services, uh, nail, hair, and houses of worship. Masks, distance, cleaning protocols all still apply. Uh, you will likely uh, so continue to see uh, some of the uh, precautions, things like partitions in restaurants. I can tell you this morning there are still outdoor tables on the sidewalks along Greenwich Avenue. 11 p.m. curfew for indoor dining, a limit of eight people to a table. Theaters stay at 50% capacity. Sports can resume. Wayne? Also today, Sean, uh, vaccinations open up even wider. What are the new rules? 
Yes, Connecticut continues to forge ahead with vaccinations. 45 and up, your turn for a shot. That's right, age 45. By April 5th, the age drops all the way down to 16. 78% vaccinated in the most vulnerable group, that's age 75 and up. One-third of all Connecticut adults have had their first shot. Health officials, though, are still watching uh, those COVID variants. If they take off, then we could see a return to restrictions. And speaking of vaccinations, President Biden took to Twitter to mark a promise kept. We're going to hit a very important milestone that I promised. 100 million shots of vaccine in people's arms. So when you get your opportunity, get the vaccine, get the shot. It's critically important. But should you keep wearing that mask? Dr. Fauci, who got his shots, says yes. And that led to a moment on Capitol Hill with Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I, I totally disagree with you. The president and vice president will be meeting in Georgia today with Asian-American leaders seeking to heal the community after shootings at three Asian spas this week left eight people dead. Here with some developments in that attack, CBS News correspondent Naomi Rookham. Security camera footage obtained by CBS affiliate WGCL sheds new light on the attacks at three Atlanta area spas that left eight people dead. Six were of Asian descent. The video shows 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long's car pull up to Young's Asian Spa. Police say he confessed to killing four people inside before returning to his car and driving away. Investigators say he then traveled to two different spas, killing four others. Anti-Asian hate crimes in New York City soared last year, but Peter Haskell reports. The numbers barely scratched the surface. The majority of which hasn't been reported to NYPD. Chuahan of the Asian American Federation says attacks don't often get counted as hate crimes. We know that perpetrators don't readily identify their actions as being motivated by racism. State Senator John Liu wants leaders to be more vocal. What really needs to happen is for officials, high-level officials, to recognize that there is an Asian-American community. He says the threats take their toll. Peter Henskel, WCBS News Radio 880. And we will have details tonight on our 880 Weekly Rewind, 7 p.m. with Linda Lopez right here on WCBS. It is the Morning News Roundup on Friday, March 19th. A top-selling flea collar may be responsible for the deaths of 1,700 pets across America. This talk of a recall hasn't happened yet. CBS's Anna Werner investigates. Soresto collars contain two different pesticides designed to ward off fleas and ticks. Retailer Alonco says the collars are safe. But government documents obtained by a nonprofit group show since Soresto collars were introduced in 2012, more than 75,000 incidents have been reported to the EPA, ranging from skin irritation to seizures, plus nearly 1,700 pet deaths. Um, Senior scientist Nathan Donnelly. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was just how high these numbers are. Elanco disputes that, saying the incident report rate in the U.S. has been below 0.3%, and the majority relate to non-serious effects such as skin problems. A company official said that a report is not an indication of cause, and said there's no established link between exposure to the active ingredients in Soresto and pet deaths. 
But Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy wants the collars off the market, at least temporarily. I think that it's only uh, appropriate in this case that the manufacturer do a voluntary recall. The company says it's cooperating with the subcommittee, but will not issue a recall. That, a spokesperson told us, would be up to regulators. CBS News correspondent Anna Werner on the pet collar. Brand name again is Seresto, S-E-R-E-S-T-O. Let's go to the WCBS Weather Center with the Exergen forecast. And Chief Meteorologist Craig Allen is here. Most of the rain is gone now. We're going to start drying out, huh? It is. It's already, uh, I'm watching the humidity go down very, very quickly. The drier air is moving in. The only thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is uh, for some of the far northern and western suburbs, it is at or slightly below freezing. So any moisture that was left from the rainfall is uh, probably getting a little bit icy just now, but won't be that way for too much longer. And the eastern suburbs, uh, I see a little touch, just a touch of flurries left over for southeast Connecticut, as well as the east end of the island, the uh, South Fork, out towards Montauk. That's it. Otherwise, clearing windy and cold for today, 35 to 40. And from this point on, it is dry for the next several days. Tonight's low near 30 in the city, 20s in the suburbs. Spring begins 5.37 a.m. tomorrow. Highs 50 to 55 by afternoon and then even milder from Sunday on into at least the early part of next week. And right now we have 34, humidity 35%, wind gusting over 30 miles per hour. The WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. Well, Governor Cuomo is continuing to hold his ground as his poll numbers fall, with only a quarter of New Yorkers saying he should seek a new term in office. Steve Burns says Cuomo is responding to calls for his resignation by asking for due process. But a lot is happening behind the scenes. Nearly a month since his sexual harassment scandal started heating up, the inner workings of Governor Cuomo's office are becoming clearer. The New York Times this week reported on a letter Cuomo's staff had circulated looking to discredit his first accuser, Lindsey Boylan. It's just so common. I mean, that's that's the first tactic that people pretty much go to is, you know, shame the victim. Elias Farah of Albany Sexual Harassment Working Group calls it outrageous, but he says he wasn't surprised. The Albany Times Union also reported another notable move. Cuomo's office is offering attorneys to accompany witnesses as they talk to the attorney general's office. As WCBS's Steve Burns reporting on the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup on Friday, and it's time for Brad Heller. We've got a WCBS Sports Roundup, and, uh, well, drama, Brad. A lot of drama to start the NCAA tournament last night. Also an exciting finish at the Garden with the Knicks. Yeah, Wayne, let's go to the Garden first. The Knicks beat the Magic 94-93. They had to rally in the fourth quarter after blowing a 16-point lead. Reggie Bullock's turnover gave Orlando a chance for the win, but he atoned for that mistake by coming up with the game-saving steal with five seconds to go. The Knicks snap a two-game losing streak. They're back at 500 at 21-21. and As for the tournament, March Madness in Indiana, four games. You had one going to overtime, and two of them were decided by one point. The late game, UCLA beat Michigan State in overtime 86-80. to The Bruins were down 11 at halftime. They'll take on BYU tomorrow, while Drake, 50 years to the day, of its last tournament win, the Bulldogs beat Wichita State. They hang on 53-52. It'll be Drake and USC tomorrow. Norfolk State over Appalachian State, 54-53. The reward for the Spartans is the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. And Texas Southern will face Michigan tomorrow. The Tigers beat Mount St. Mary's, 60-52. Wayne Rutgers and Syracuse both play their first-round games tonight in the late window. 
You know, I meant to mention coming out of Steve Burns' piece a second ago that if you missed the announcement yesterday, Governor Cuomo is allowing fans in the stand starting opening day for Mets Yankees at 20 percent capacity. Uh, you need proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. But uh, you got some news about the Mets losing one of their starting pitchers. Yeah, Carlos Carrasco will not be with the team when they are at City Field April 8th for that home opener. Carrasco suffered a torn hamstring yesterday while doing conditioning drills. Reports say he could miss two months maybe more. Carrasco was already behind schedule because of a sore elbow, but both he and the Mets were saying that that was nothing serious. This is serious, though, and the Mets are going to break camp without one of their starting pitchers. They're already without one of their best guys in the bullpen in Seth Lugo. In hockey last night, the Islanders lost to the Flyers at the Coliseum, their first regulation loss at home this season. The final in that game was 4-3. to The Devils got a win as they beat the Penguins in Newark 3-2. to Welcome to Friday's Morning News Roundup on WCBS as we give you three things to know today on the last day of winter. Someone has sent white powder to five New York City schools in the past week, week and a half actually, and most recently to a nursery school in what police say was an attempt to cause disruption. That attempt worked. Nineteen children and four staff were evacuated from River Park Nursery School Tuesday. The powder tested benign. A second thing, the woman accused of recruiting young girls for Jeffrey Epstein, Jelaine Maxwell, has gotten a judge to redact many details in this case. In the ruling, the federal judge, Allison Nathan, said that the disclosure of these facts would have only fed a craving for that which is sensational and impure. Third thing, a group of New York City strip clubs is suing New York State, saying it's not fair that they're being kept closed as everything else, from axe-throwing venues to bars with live music and casinos, are... Back opening up. From our news archives, 88 seconds in sound for this date, the 19th of March. Why are you seeing the numbers go up? Because you are taking more tests. 2020. Cuomo's now ordering companies to keep 75% of their workforces at home. That same day, wealthy Georgia Senator Kelly Leffler was reported to have dumped massive blocks of stock after a private meeting on the new coronavirus. Her husband, the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange... 2019, Sam Smith comes out to Jamila Jamil as non-binary. 2017, Jimmy Breslin dies. Somebody with two feet that he's not afraid to use, with a curiosity which is can take him any place and he should follow it, an energy to sit down when you have this stuff and write it and spend hours and hours to get it into a column. And that's a newspaper man. 2005. John DeLorean dies at age 80. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? 1984. John J. O'Connor is named 8th Archbishop of New York. The new Archbishop, with a smile on his face and a glint in his eye, can deliver one-liners as though he'd been in training on the borscht belt. Then, in a twinkling, he is a philosopher, a teacher, whose warm personality lends immense credibility whether he is delivering a punchline or a homily. And that's the Morning News Roundup for the last day of winter. This is the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup, a daily download of the news you need to start your day. On air, on radio.com, and delivered to your phone and computer for on-demand listening. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.